Today's episode of Times Ours is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Sometimes news just happens and you have to record a mini podcast that plays before a podcast. Yeah, that's going to be the structure of today's episode of Times Ours. Seth Kaiser will join us in the future past. It's a whole deal. But right now, it's myself, Josh Briscoe, and Nate Taylor of this very athletic. Hey, Nate, do you have a cool morning? Oh, I had a fabulous morning. Nothing like... Uh... <laughs> In these pandemic times, you don't necessarily have to get up super early if you don't need to uh-huh. get up super early. And, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the kids involved. And uh, at least it's good to know that I was right about most of what I was yes. reporting months ago. <laughs> it's the yes. best way to put it. But shout out to Therese, who um, did did the work that no one was willing to do, which was stay up till 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what? I take that. I don't want you to, I don't want, I'm going to go the other way here. Anti-shout out to Therese. Sit on that until like nine. Just, <laughs> hey, tell everybody else to be cool. I know you got a group, you got a group chat with Schefter and Mike Garofolo and all of those guys. Ian, tell yeah. them all we're waiting until nine. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I mean, at, like tell Adam Kaplan, like tell, tell, you know, there's, there's a good amount of, uh, you know, consistent, really good reporting in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, if you told me there's one potential free agent slash somebody who needs to like figure out uh, the next sort of chapter in their career, and uh, one of these players is gonna, you know, reveal their uh, reveal the next step at 4 a.m. Uh, yeah, I would have said Sammy Watkins in a heartbeat. So yeah, I'm surprised, and yet I shouldn't be surprised. So Watkins is back. Uh, it's a one-year deal for Watkins and the Chiefs. The restructuring and all of that we'll, we'll talk about here for a few minutes before we go back to the show we recorded uh, yesterday evening where uh, we talk about a lot of other things that are all still relevant, thank God. But uh, but right now, Nate, for the, the, the Watkins conversation, like you said, you've been talking about for literally months now. Um, I mean, I, I think it was two or three months ago, maybe we were like, we were, I guess we had just sort of left Super Bowl town, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. And, and you, which feels like it was like a decade ago at this point, <laughs> but it was actually like two months ago, exactly, almost. Um, right, right on the other side of the Super Bowl, you said you felt like there was like a 50-50 chance that Watkins would end up being back, and you never wavered on that. If anything, that might have ended up going up. Yeah, it, it went up so, with each week or with, 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 with the amount of people I was talking to, it went up considerably every week. And then hmm. you're always wondering, like, you know, how do I interpret this with the understanding that, you know, a lot of this is, like I've mentioned before, a lot of it is fluid. Um, again... Nobody was talking about DeAndre Hopkins being traded, so you know right. you, you're always um, you're always trying to to see and survey how uh, the situation is is changing or improving or, or whatever, or you know in some ways with other teams it can kind of deteriorate over uh, a portion of time. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the more I talked to people, it was always pretty much um, within the realm of like he was more than likely to return. It's just what that number was. And I could never figure it out um, because it was, you know, his cap hit of 21 million before this new deal. It was so hard to be like, okay, well, well, what is he on the, 
on the realm of like what other receivers are making and what is he willing to come down to to stay with the team but also realize that like he never wanted to leave Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this will be part of the story that I write on The Athletic, uh, which hopefully is out by the time you hear this. But, like, he never wanted to leave Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, Andy Reid and Brett Veach. Like, that was never within Sammy Watkins' is like, oh, I, I can't wait to get out of here. But it's at some point, you, right. it's a respectable understanding to know for anybody like hey i'm gonna take a pay cut but i got it's got to be comfortable for me so that was always the hardest thing to figure out was like okay what's that number gonna be um and based on the amount of people i talked to it was was just hard to figure out but they figured it out and um now we've entered the the full mode and guys are now tweeting it out but i mean i reported on the start of you know tampering free agency but like we are in the run it back campaign like you can just put on any poster video tweet whatever like chiefs 2020 run it back like that is that is the theme of the season and whether they can do it or not and and you mentioned the numbers it seems like the the sort of sneaky solution in there may have ended up being incentives because as, as Therese first reported also interesting, I would say that this is a true one-year deal by the reports. So this is not like a multi-year extension nope. with a bunch of funny money in the second year. Which is where I thought, um, which, it, which by the way is where I thought it might go with the understanding yeah. that both parties know, yeah, that second year is basically window dressing. Right. Um, but I have something that I think is interesting in that regard. But 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 in this year, it's a one-year deal, pays a base of $9 million in 2020 with an incentive package that can reach $16 million. So it frees up $5 million in cap space right now because they're carrying that $16 million in, in a cap hit because if he does reach those incentives, you got to pay him. Yep. But uh, what do you make of that structure and then sort of the, the space there between the $9 million, which is, I'm guessing, where the Chiefs would be very happy for it to end up being, the 16 that Watkins would be happy with, and then the space in between? Yeah, so it's it's clear that both parties understand that like they're probably going to reach somewhere between the middle of where the incentive line is and – um, look, he gets $1 million off the rip based on a signing bonus. It's a $7 million base salary. So he's not a top echelon receiver. But one comment that Sammy made, I believe, to XM Radio shortly after the Super Bowl was like, I still have individual achievement goals that I would like to reach. And I remember uh, he sort of said like, hey, I've only had like 1,000-yard season. Uh, you know, I've been injury prone. So I, I just want to prove to myself that like at the highest level – if I'm fully healthy, I can reach sort of the goals that people thought I would be um, when I entered the draft in 2014. So it's it's interesting to me that he put a lot of the personal value on himself to go out there and achieve those things if it's within the structure of the offense, which is always, um, you know, complicated and interesting. But, I mean, it's it's a respectful deal on both ends because Sammy's basically going to get anywhere between 10 to $11 million based on how I understand the structure and his statistical value to the team. And... If and when the team makes the playoffs, he can make even more money so that when the year ends, much like Richard Sherman's deal last year with the 49ers, he can be closer to the top 10 in money earned over the course of that full season uh, with the Chiefs. I think this question is kind of simple and kind of complicated, so good luck, I suppose. (laughs) But what's... What's the difference for the Chiefs in this having incentives versus just being um, just being a, a cut and dry like one year sixteen million deal? Because we are also concerned specifically with the cap space in twenty twenty. It's it's five million in cap space no matter what as of right now. Right. Um, 
there is some cut there's some cap uh, mechanics that you can do to free up space for now with the understanding that you may have to give some of that space back if Sammy reaches all these incentives right so um I I think you know there's a chance that if the team doesn't make the Super Bowl because some of these incentives are based on the Chiefs making the playoffs. Some of them are statistical, like, hey, we need you to catch this many passes. We need you to have this many yards. Some of it is based on the team making the playoffs. And there's no Super Bowl incentive, based on my understanding uh, via what uh, Mike Garofalo has sort of reported through the NFL Network. But, like, if the Chiefs make the AFC Championship game, things really jump in favor for Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. So there's a case to be made that, like, if the Chiefs have a disappointing season, the cap space is still there to roll over towards next season. If you reach the right. Super Bowl, which is obviously the, the goal and the intention, then you're okay giving that money to Sammy Watkins because he has incentively proven to help the team moving forward. And I think personally for Sammy, who I was told months ago, it's not a money issue um, clearly you want to be paid what you're worth and clearly you want to have an understanding of where you fit into the team and how much the team loves you and, and admires you and wants you back. But if money's not the biggest factor here, a lot of it comes down to, hey, I want to be around my friends. I want to be around in a system that works. The coaching staff believes in me, which, you know, by the way, a couple other coaching staffs really didn't do that in Buffalo and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Brett Veach has always been straight with me. And which is why I said a couple episodes ago that Brett Veach loves Sammy Watkins. And I should have also added that Sammy Watkins loves Brett Veach. So, um, so it makes sense in a lot of ways. I'm surprised that the base salary is around 7 million instead of like eight or nine, which is where I thought it may be, but that would have been more in line with like a two year deal versus a one year deal. Um, but it's clear that like, they're just going to see how it goes in 2020. And then you reevaluate everything after that. With the understanding that, you know, now this moves forward to if it's just a one-year deal with Sammy Watkins, that gives you more cap space in 2021, 22, and ultimately 23 for Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. That's why I think it's interesting that it's a one-year deal and not a two-year deal that you have to get up from under with dead cap money behind it when you have more space available for guys who are younger and in their primes and are, you know, as Seth Kaiser would uh, attest here, way more important in Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones. So it works out for both parties. It's a it's a acrobatic cap situation that I think Brad Feach and his staff did, did pretty masterfully. But I think that's the, the, the long answer to that complicated question, Josh. <laughs> and I think you're right. I think you're at 100% on the one-year deal that opens up next year. I think that's a really interesting part of this. Um, that we will continue to, of course, be talking about and tweeting about and writing about in all of our various places. Uh, again, you can follow Nate on Twitter at ByNateTaylor. I'm at JB Briscoe. At Real MN Chiefs fan, we'll bring you the perspective of Seth Kaiser until the next article, till the next podcast. <laughs> because right now, we'll throw it back to what we recorded yesterday. Um, g- the good thing is we didn't spend 45 minutes talking about how the Chiefs are going to cut Sammy Watkins. <laughs> so, you know, that, that bullet was done. Um, a lot of other bullets, though, we took in this episode. It's a fun one. So uh, enjoy enjoy the non-Sammy Watkins, including episode uh, following right now here of Time's Ours. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time's yours. Well, a few things have happened. I mean... 
less than maybe in a normal year, but we've actually had a little bit of news from the Kansas City Chiefs from the last podcast this one. We actually heard from Andy Reid at a safe distance, nowhere near any of us, uh, the the unwashed masses, but Andy Reid, war room of his basement, all of us in the war rooms of our basements. Times ours goes on, just as the NFL is uh, is committed to doing as well for at least the time being. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I'm I'm good. How are you guys? Um, I'm doing well. Uh, I do. I'm not in my basement though. That is a clear difference between me and Andy Reid. Andy Reid is out here grinding the tape in his basement. I am doing it mostly from my kitchen and or office space. Uh. But yeah, I'm I'm okay. You know, it's it's odd uh, to be doing this with, I guess, some NFL news. I mean, oh, uh, but you know, uh, it's nice to know that Andy Reid has plenty of of uh, Purell hand sanitizer. That is also a key in all of this. Um, it's nice to know that he is, you know, doing the best he can. Um, the biggest news. As of Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, is that nobody on the team has contracted the uh, COVID-19 vi- uh, virus disease. So that's good. But uh, and, and neither of us have, have contracted as far as I know as well. So <laughs> That's true. Um, I, think, we'll, I think that's we'll true. Do, this room is doing all good? Yeah, I think, what, I think, what's up with neither? What? When did I become the designated? <laughs> wait, are you talking about you and Holly? Are you talking about you and Josh? I Why am I not show. included I in this? We were, I thought we were all... I, I, yeah, it was hell. all. It was, yeah, the, the uh, you, everybody was under the umbrella. I was trying to put up. Oh um, my bad. But, okay, but yeah. wow. Okay, I overreacted there. A little bit. That's <laughs> you on really me. Did, like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Woof. All right. I'm gonna just put that moment hey, back. Hey, hey, Nate, yeah. Nate, Nate. Nate, I hate to cut you off, but I feel like this is important. Seth, how are you? Are you okay? Do you guys think Shania Twain writes the words to her own songs? You're gonna have to provide the desperately needed context to that. You're gonna, you just have to. I'm just reviewing the words of "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." And why and are you doing tell that? You, this Seth? is some. The answer is why. The question. It is was why. stuck in my head today. You know what? You're welcome, America. One of you, someone who's listening right now, is now thinking to themselves: the best thing about being a woman is the prerogative to have a little fun. You are, and it got stuck in my head. I can't help it, Josh. Anyway, I was just reading these lyrics. And this is some just nonsense right here. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. All right, fine. I'll. You know what? I'll bite. Go ahead. I'm not gonna sing it. Can you I, read I it? Just, Can you just read it? I. Well, I just don't understand what's. Uh, you know. I, I don't know which part. They're you all said crazy. Something was go ridiculous. totally crazy. <laughs> go totally. But here's what I don't said. Don't doesn't make sense. Oh, 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 go totally crazy, forget I'm a lady. But the point of the song is that she feels like a woman. That doesn't make any sense. I feel deeply Men's unqualified shirts, to break this down. Short skirts? It's 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 bas- the, the way I understand it, it's basically on the tempo. Uh, does it have a little bit of a catchiness to it? Doesn't necessarily have to make sense, ladies and gentlemen. Just this, do you feel it? Do you feel it? Okay, put it on the track. that is the black eyed peas made entire careers out of that concept and so yeah i'm with you man what happened to black eyed peas they've been been out for a while i feel like huh as long as the music jams people don't particularly 
think about the lyrics in like words on pages. It's just like, do you feel Lil John? It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please yeah, don't. Yeah. Please don't. My dad yeah, listens to this podcast. Okay. All right. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that just reminds me of the Chappelle skit, you know? <laughs> Are you here today? What? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lil John. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas had a, a song come out last uh, last year. They had a song out in what? 2019. N- they still really? out here making that music. Hey, get them checks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so get them streams. Hey, so get your stream numbers up. Yeah, it's the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> yeah. featuring yeah. Jay Balvin. This this was a, this was clearly a smash. Gazuntite. This is the rhythm, 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 is. rhythm, rhythm of the night. They say. <laughs> That that is a lot of that's a lot of repetition. It reminds me of that uh, the ultimate praise and worship song that I sent you guys the other night. I never got did that you, link. Did you guys me. listen to that? That link never. You still came. haven't oh, got it? Goodness. No. Oh my goodness. Uh, no. Nate, how funny. Okay, so those of you who are listening, obviously a big part of my brand. I'm an evangelical Christian, so I like to make a lot of I don't know Bible jokes. I guess is Bible jokes accurate? Anyway, so hum- they, humor they, they, humor with context from the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, humor with context from the Bible or like being a churchy type person. And there was a, a YouTube video. It was like the ultimate praise and worship song. And it was just very, uh, you, you have to go find it and listen to it because it really does sum up every praise and worship song you've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, we're singing the chorus. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. And they just, you know, and now we arms, go up a notch. Yeah. Now we go up a notch. And it's great. Just like, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so tired. Yeah. Arms, but... like get your arms up, you know. Yeah, get your arms. And then at the very lift, end, lift it's your like, arms. Wait. Yeah, lift your arms. At the very end, we're like, it's like, oh, we forgot to mention Jesus. It was just, it was great. So. Wow, sorry, Josh. You see what happens I'll, whenever I ask you how you're well. doing, Seth? This is what happens. This is why I start with yeah. me. I'm doing yeah. okay. Uh-huh. This is, yeah, this that, is usually why we I'm do doing this. okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> doing okay. Um, I have too many devices in too many places to like actually send you guys the links to this right now, but also if you go to the Chiefs Facebook page, the picture of Andy Reid is actually different than the one they tweeted out. The important yes. distinction is that this one's a little <laughs> yep. bit taller, so you can see the footwear, which, Nate, I mm-hmm. expect I expect by the time this podcast is up, you're going to have like a second version of your Andy Reid sneaker story and try to figure out what he's wearing here. Because just honestly, it looks like he's probably just wearing some like out-of-the-box joints, which isn't really Andy Reid's style. Uh, they are, from my, you know, eye, it appears that they are vintage. I mean, he's he's clearly someone who's like, 80s nikes yeah um that's always been who he is i assume that they are vintage mm. air force ones you know uh mike pinnell you know who has remained with the team uh he said that they were air force ones on instagram so oh will, about this picture because it does look like it yes. says it looks like it's got the little air in the bottom corner yeah so we'll we'll we'll, we'll take you know mike pinnell's um expertise maybe these are this. actually like two grand on StockX. i have no idea uh, who knows right i mean they're Honestly, we could talk about this photo for the entirety of the podcast, <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed. I know people still want to know what's going on with Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins. Yeah, we'll get there. We and got the, that. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Then, did you know the draft's like 20 days away? It's insane. But it's coming. It's it's coming, and like no one knows what really is going to happen between the draft. There's a lot to discuss, but... Can we, can if we do you, this if, really quick? If then? you could just, for our listeners, if you could just find the picture of Andy Reid's home office 
So okay, here, let's just do this. Let's, Seth, have you seen the have you seen the picture, Seth? I have. It's, it's amazing. Okay, pull up the picture. I need everyone looking at the picture right now. I just want us to go around the room okay. until we run out of things to say. Like just just pick a thing that jumps out to you, and I bet we're all gonna find things that that other oh. people haven't mentioned yet. So I would I'm gonna start with why does he have a full box of lens wipes? <laughs> he, them glasses, man. Them glasses gotta stay pres- pristine. I'm telling you, man. Like you can't break down film if you got smug on your glass. If you got if you got dirt, if you got particles. I mean, gotta get those babies clean. My 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 understanding of this photo. Not only does Andy Reid have one packet of extra spearmint mm-hmm. gum, he has that's a two. big one for me. He has yeah, two, ladies right, and gentlemen. He like he, you know, when he needs to look at all the Z outs on third downs. Believe mm-hmm. me, that's a that's a new that's a new piece of gum. Okay, when we need to figure out what the red zone situation was, and he, when he evaluates everything last year, that's another new stick of gum. <laughs> like. Two packs of gum on the same. He's antique. he's smoking two packs a day, baby. Oh, I mean, not just one, two. That means you don't have to get up to get the second one because it's already there. Damn right. That's why you. That's I, why. That's why you stay focused on the film, ladies and gentlemen. Like this is a man who's been doing this clearly for twenty-two years. You know, and I'm assuming Tammy, his wife, who took the photo, is bringing. That him. was my other question: Is who took the photo? It's it, got to be Tammy, right? Yep. Yeah, it was confirmed to me via a source that it is Tammy Reed. Um, Fantastic. it was told. To me, that she usually will bring snacks and you know liquid for him to uh, consume, so that again he does not have to Nate, get out. Your source? Who are you protecting? Your source is either Andy or Tammy Reed, right? They're the only ones in the room. <laughs> How dare you ask Nate to reveal this? I, it's, it's I mean, what, what, in what the profession is this? I mean, jeez. <laughs> You say you say it was confirmed by a source that she took the picture. Only two people know that, right? Unless somebody else told somebody. Well, the the, the, the picture, as of my understanding, and wow, didn't know this was going to be the level of reporting I would have to give on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the photo was taken by Tammy. It was um, handed to a someone. Uh, well, one, I'm, I'm assuming Andy, you know, approved of it. Tammy made sure yes. to get all the essentials included in the photo. It was then shared with someone um, with the fair. Chiefs that was then That's shared fair. with someone in the communication department, which was then shared and confirmed by someone who makes the ultimate decisions on how um, images get out to the public. So there was a number fair. of people, and uh, yes, right. it was confirmed to me that Tammy that Tammy agreed to the team's idea of saying, "Hey, it would be nice if we could uh, if we could you know sort of." Promote what Andy's doing in his time at home uh, yeah. while everybody is social distancing, and the the couple, you know, of many years of marriage and completely love one another, agreed to do this. Seth, what jumps out to you? What's your next thing? The the pillow and the couch don't really <laughs> match, and I'm also confused. <laughs> I didn't know if anybody was gonna go there, but man, that is a that is. That is loud. I can't hear you guys over the sound of that couch screaming at me. <laughs> I love the couch. I unironically love the couch. Yeah, there was. It, it's got a really low back too. Like that's true. Like look at like if you sit on that, what does that go up to? Like halfway up your back? Like that's, that's not point. even a couch. The the one thing I'll say is that before part in the interruption, um, ESP, you know, one of ESPN's best shows. Before they figured out how to like do the show from like work at home, they would do like these. You know, these socials, you know, little quick videos from right. Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornhouse's uh, house. 
and this is also like it was clear that Michael Wilbon's son was filming him, and it was clear that Carol, um, you know, Tony's wife was filming him. But like they, like the Cornizers have a couch that is somewhat similar to Andy Reid and Tammy Reid's couch. So maybe it's a generational thing that you just have a couch that is, you know, fun, fun designed is what I would call yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It is fun. That is a straight up hand me down. They were given that in their second year of marriage and oh, they have good. just not gotten rid of it. They're just like, yeah. nah, it's too much work now. Now it's in the basement. I like the uh, I like the light fixtures a lot that look like candles but aren't. I think that's a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, it balances off the rug very well. Here's the thing. I I'm sure it sounds like we're I'm making fun. The rug is incredible. Oh, it's it it's it's a pretty good setup considering that um how how much had Andy really been in that basement before? That, okay, so that's the before other thing. all this started. Like, there are people on the Facebook page that are like, uh, man, you got to up your home office game. Hey, no, Andy Reid doesn't work from home. No. He he gets up at 3 a.m. to go to the facilities, and I bet his office at the facilities is palatial. Like, this is this is very much, hey, uh, honey, I got to... I got to grind tape and I got to do it from here. I need an industrial size pack of like a case of gum <laughs> and an antique table that I can put like a full CPU under and then also have a laptop. Can we make that happen? Can can I tell you what he said to to some of the reporters on the conference call that is not in the photo? Yes. Um not in the photo is a arc trainer. Um so yes, Andy yes. Andy Reid be out here stepping y'all. And so Yeah. <laughs> When he needs to get a workout, he'd be on the arc trainer doing his thing. Then he just goes back to the old office chair and grinds through more tape. I've got uh, I've got one of those like uh, bike desk things, you know, which is uh, like a great thing for me to, you know, like hang clothes on or whatever because I don't use it. Um, I feel like that might be revolutionary for Andy Reid. You get to put that laptop up there, continue grinding tape while getting getting the the heart rate up. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that's his next move. Yeah. That is the move. I mean, that is the move. As someone who has worked a lot of hours on a recumbent bicycle while reviewing documents, that's the move. And it hasn't really helped me lose. Do you weight, have a desk on top of that, or you're just you're just holding papers? Bicep workout, like baby. I'm holding my laptop, just like. You know, bring bring it up to <laughs> oh, the chin occasionally. Cheap. I don't like that. Just like no, yeah, like that. I'm just yeah, that. It's a it's what is that? The uh, high intensity reps. Just going for tone, man. Just going for tone. It's not working. <laughs> just repping your laptop. <laughs> just repping my laptop, and it is not working out well. I but so so we'll figure out what the problem is there. Um, speaking of food, before we get out of here today, Josh, we got to loop Nate in on the whole McDonald's thing. Oh well, I've seen the image, but I mean. Look, I my banners hanging, my my jersey's hanging in the rafters. Okay, like if this was the old Boston Garden, <laughs> oh. they're not pulling that down. Okay, like I like in a oh. different time, I oh. would destroy that food. Okay, um, <laughs> let let the record show that in college, as a freshman at the University of Central Missouri, which then was called Central Missouri State University, um, I won a makeshift eating contest that involved. Um, eating gallons of milk and cereal, but this is no you know, way. This was a different. Yeah, this was a different what? time. Uh huh. This is before. This was before Daddy knew Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So so when that photo comes out, like I, I, I agree I agree with Jeff Schwartz that like the biggest hurdle there is actually the soda. The food oh, is yeah. easily yeah. the the food is like I mean that's Come a, on. Come on. That is a that is a disgrace to my eating abilities. But, you know, the soda has always been like the issue. So no, I could you know, I could agree with both of you fellas that like I would definitely be all in if I was, you know, coming right out of college in the prime of my career um, and not as washed up as I am, who tries to like manage what he eats on a daily basis while also not gaining, you know, a hundred pounds while I stay at home every day. <laughs> I also, uh, I think Pat McAfee tried it and I don't think he succeeded. Um, because he, because, it, he, but- because he's, he's, he's a, he's a veteran. He's like, he's not even savvy veteran anymore. I mean, you can only do this if you're like 27 and under, I really believe. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Nate. I'm 25. Can I tell you really fast before we actually talk about Demarcus Robinson or whatever? Can I tell you one thing that happened to me about two days ago? Yeah, I had I had a, I had a normal like lunch size order of Chinese food for lunch, and I this was two full days ago, and I still have a tummy ache. <laughs> I can't, I don't think I see, can you're do fa- this. See, you're phasing. You're phasing. You 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 know you're. It's, I get heartburn now. That just happens. It's, it's a business, yeah, that's you know. Like that's it like is. when they always say, like you know, it's a business. You know, we we thought he could stay with the organization forever, but hey, I mean, it's a <laughs> you know, you could be in the game for twenty years. You could be considered the greatest of all time. You could win six, you know, national hot dog eating contests or Super Bowls. But at some point, it's a business, and like the right. body can only do so much. And Father Time, as we all know is undefeated. So as McDonald's <laughs> tries to get you to think that yeah. like you still have it, you, you got to make smart business decisions out there, fellas yeah. and there's, ladies. There's, yeah. there's one exception here, though. When you when you go through the pregnancy sympathy eating kind of, you know, kind of last gasp, right? You know, like how Brett Favre was suddenly awesome again for like two years? <laughs> like he was like, oh man, he's been kind of bad for like three years. Then boom, he's back. This is the... I have helped my wife eat her way through five pregnancies stage where it's like, oh, that party size bag of peanut M&Ms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can slam that and have. But that's a whole nother story. My wife won't even eat peanut butter M&Ms anymore because she was so grossed out when I ate a full pound of it, like in one sitting. <laughs> what? Yeah. What were you watching? You ate a f- I don't know. Yeah, that's wait. the thing. Jazz told me you put the right show in front of me, and you put that McDonald's in front of me. She says no chance. I'll just eat my way right through it. It just what? Nate, you're not gonna believe this, but actually, he was he ate that full pound of uh, of peanut M and M's on the recumbent bike. He yeah. was just pedaling <laughs> well, I was away, just burning, hand I was in just the back, burning yep. as we go. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. One in, one out. One yep. in, one out. It's yep. <laughs> portion control. Right. If you're, on a, if you're on a bike, you can use as many M&Ms as and you then want. He, and then he fell asleep for 18 hours? Is that, is that, yeah. is that what happened? Yeah, it was bad. It was like I was coming down from a meth binge. It was not great. So, Man, we are 20 There's still sun in, out. Fellas. They're like, no, you slept. You slept through everything. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah no. no. <laughs> oh, man, what time is it? 3 p.m. on Wednesday. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> right now, you could tell me it was 3 p.m. on Wednesday. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. That seems right. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen the sun in a week. Time is a construct. Uh, wow. That was the longest nonsense binge we've done, right? I mean, it's, I feel like it's justified given the circumstances and everyone's just a little like we we accidentally all just sort of chatted for about 20 minutes before <laughs> we started recording. Just to have people just to talk to. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've said this before, but like I've talked to Rudy and and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's dog for the last two weeks. And that's it. Like those are the only people I've talked to outside of this moment that we all have together. So this is great. This is very nice. Very, I appreciate we, this opportunity. We maybe need to put like some kind of, this might be the first times ours ever that people are going to come in. It's going to be you, Josh, being like, hey guys, this is Josh with times ours. I just wanted to give you a warning <laughs> that if you're looking for football talk, maybe go ahead and skip ahead to 21 minutes here. <laughs> 21 minutes, guys. I, listen, they, they know who they're, they know the show they're listening to. They, That's they know. true. We're, we're going to get at least one mean iTunes review over this. Yeah, we'll get like fine. five positive ones and one where it's like, oh, they're giggling too much. <laughs> that's the ratio. And that's also exactly how it goes. Yeah, that's about it right. is. It's me. Uh, here's what we'll do. How about this, guys? We'll put the serious football talk on the other side of me telling you about Hydrant. You say, wait a second. Is that a new one? You're damn right it is. Top performers in business and in sports often attribute their success to their morning routine. If it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, meditation. Seth, you're a top performer in a variety of business and sports worlds. So uh, at some point, I need you to, to you know let us steal your look. But not everybody has time to do it all, Seth. With Hydrant, everyone can jumpstart their mornings. Here's the deal. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four. It sounds like it sounds like space. We're, we're in astronaut mode right now. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs: sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. Help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day long. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or get a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. I want to save more than that, you say, you ungrateful, ungrateful person. You know what? Fine. For 25% off your first order, you can go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code TIME. Treat your body like it's an astronaut. That's not their actual tagline. I just sort of like giving sponsors a tagline. They can either kind of take or leave, and that's, that's my offering for this week for Hydrant. Do you guys feel pro- properly hydrated right now? I do. I drink. I drink a ton of water. Yeah. While you were while you were reading that, I was I was drinking some liquids. You know. You know what? H two O. You know what, what would be cool though is like if water tasted good. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drink. Now, drink what more are you looking for from a liquid? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I've been, I've been telling you, I got to get the flavors. The flavors weren't on the sheet now on the website. And this looks amazing. Uh, how about this lime grapefruit, blood orange, or the variety pack. And then there's also something called hydrant plus, which wasn't on the sheet, but that's okay. I'm just looking at it now or lemon, orange, and raspberry lemonade. Oh, that has caffeine in it. Oh, Oh, okay. Free, free extra plug to hydrant with caffeine. This might, yeah, I w- you know what? I will shop caffeinated hydration. Thank you very much, drinkhydrant.com. And yes, I will consider using that promo code time. All right, that was good. I feel like I've learned something important. Uh, did we learn anything important other than details from uh, from Andy Reid's office and the fact that nobody on the Chiefs has coronavirus from the conference call today, Nate? 
those were the two biggest um, bits of news items we had. I, I would say this, that um, much like we've said throughout the majority of the offseason, really for about the last month, that stayed the same. Um, I asked Andy Reid, you know, is Sammy Watkins you know, restructuring his deal. Can you just say that? Like, just tell me already. Uh, and he sort of put it all in Brett Veach. And I know we'll talk to Brett at some point before the draft. So we may get uh, some more clarity on that in the next coming weeks before the 23rd when the when the first round of the draft starts. But I think, I mean, Andy Reid acknowledged the idea that, yes, he would like to keep Sammy Watkins. Yes, um, it is not his plan to lose Sammy Watkins. But it's really not up to his call in terms of how that contract is going to be restructured. Um, just, you know, FYI, it's the last year of Sammy Watkins' three-year deal, $14 million with a $21 million cap hit. Uh, Andrew was then asked, is it possible for him to play with the Chiefs under this current deal? Which, of course, the answer is no. Uh, but Andy said, ah, we'll figure it out. we got a lot of time. Um, Chris Jones still is a big old question mark. The thing that I said before we started recording, and I guess I will say here now, is that it is true today as it was last week, as it was a week before, as it was when Brett Veach talked at the Combine. Um, the Chiefs would like to keep Chris Jones. They know he will not play on the franchise tag. That has been very clear all along. Like, hey, I ain't showing up. If it's for one year, $16.1 million, I want like four or five year deal. Um, the Chiefs would like to push a lot of that money towards the back end of that deal. Uh, Chris Jones, just like any natural human being who was trying to get a gigantic pay raise, wants the money up front. So there's going to be discussions about that. Um, you also have to wove in uh, Patrick Mahomes' new deal, which was not discussed today, but I'm sure that'll be a question for Brett Veach in a couple weeks. But if here's what I would say for, for fans who are still like on pins and needles about anything that relates to Chris Jones. We haven't even gotten to the rumor phase of this. So... If there are no rumors about Chris Jones being traded, the odds of him being traded are really, really low. The team is doing its due diligence in trying to sign him to a long-term deal. They have up until about mid-July to begin with anyway, which who the hell knows what we'll be doing in mid-July. Uh, hopefully, other than staying safe, staying in our homes, trying to find a cure for COVID-19, but whenever training camp starts, or if and when it does start, um, they have up until about that time to really figure this all out. So Andy Reid basically alluded to the idea that, yes, he was a bad general manager when he had control over the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles personnel decisions. And he's just going to let Brevich do that. And he just wants to go through tape and coach players, but obviously understands that, you know, we're not, they are not in a position to think about life without Chris Jones yet. And Chris Jones still wants to be with the team, so you just have to see how this goes. But the team has to get through the draft and get through most of free agency, I believe, and probably figure out Sammy's situation before they handle Chris, if that all makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about Demarcus Robinson here real quick, because that happened, uh, I mean, literally, I feel like I don't know how time works, but that was happening, um, I mean, that happened over the weekend. At some point, somewhere in there, and um, we've we've talked about it, you know, tweeted about it a little bit individually and all of that. Um, but but Nate, on the Sammy Watkins front, what do you think the relationship is there between Demarcus Robinson being signed for a couple million dollars only counts one million dollar against the cap? 
do you see any sort of relationship in in them bringing Demarcus Robinson back as they're trying to figure out the Sammy Watkins thing? Yeah, I think they 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 they're somewhat related, but I also feel like they're each own's circumstances and situations. So to 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 walk through this as best I can, um, Sammy Watkins does not want to leave the Chiefs. Um, I think Demarcus Robinson, like a lot of free agents, were saying, "Okay, what's the best?" offer and situation for me i'll let that sort of dictate where i play football next um then the outbreak happened and now you understand that there's not going to be an ota period whatsoever like just i don't even see that being a real possibility um once the draft's completed the legal basically going to shutdown mode is is what i um think is going to happen so if there's no otas the nobody is like you know blowing the doors off in terms of offers. And this is from other team situations too. Like if I want to sign DeMarcus Robinson, I have to be of the understanding that like I can sign him to a two or three year deal and it won't hurt my cap. But again, because of the new CBA, no one really knows what the cap's going to do because of what we're seeing in the NBA. If the NFL doesn't start on time, they may lose money, which means the salary cap may not be as high TV deals. Uh, that will have a huge impact on the salary cap. Like, all that is in limbo, so therefore you can't really give top-dollar money unless you know you're a top-dollar free agent, which, you know, DeMarcus Robinson, as solid as he is, was not. So it made sense for him to come back to the Chiefs because obviously he's familiar with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the offensive system. They just won a Super Bowl. Um, It appears that... It made sense to sign a one-year deal so that you can do all this reevaluation. Hopefully, next offseason when the world is back to somewhat normal. In relation to that, it is clear if you look at the guys' reactions to Demarcus Robinson, and this is key. Everybody on the team, like you know, was thrilled with this, based on my understanding. Like Demarcus coming back is a big win for Brett Veach and Andy Reid, but it's a big win for their whole plan of like trying to keep guys or keep as much of the core, particularly on offense intact because, you know, they were, you know, scoring 30 points a game in the playoffs. You'd like to keep everybody involved, even though uh, Stefan Wisniewski uh, left for the Steelers. So there's a belief that, okay, if Demarcus is coming back and Sammy comes back, then like, we can run it back. That is the ultimate thought process for most of everybody on offense revolving around the team. Um, now it's just like a, me- a mechanism of like how you figure that out for Sammy's deal. I've tried to figure out, and Seth, maybe you have an idea too in terms of what the restructuring might look like, but it's so hard to understand what year two to year three would be if they do a restructure and an extension of some sort. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, the Chiefs benefited from an unusual situation to keep and re-sign DeMarcus Robinson. And because everybody on the team loves one another and because Brett Veach, as I mentioned before, loves Sammy Watkins and Andy Reid sort of uh, verified that today with his own comments, um, they can try to do both at the same time. Uh, if that makes sense. But I just don't like the problem is I just don't know what that deal looks like for Sammy if he does indeed choose to restructure his deal moving forward. Seth, I don't know if you if you have anything on on the front of what does that look like? But also, um, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, the, the million dollar price tag for Demarcus Robinson. Again, they're using the mid-level exception 
That's the NBA's term. It's veteran salary benefit in the NFL. But they're using one of those on Demarcus Robinson to bring that cap number down. That, to you, makes sense within the scope of this offense with or without Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whether you bring Sammy back or not, it makes sense to have Robinson around for that price. I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, no, they want to see someone new in the offense. I don't think Robinson being back will impact McCool Hardman having a larger role. No, Hardman's limited role in the offense was a function of him being a rookie. It being, I think, his third year total as a wide receiver. I think he was only wide receiver at Georgia for two years, if I recall Mm -hmm. correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so his role is going to grow. Because he just he's got too much speed, and I think they could dice some teams up next year. Like they could do some scary stuff. But Robinson, I know. Again, I have a lot of people. Oh, I don't like to see a young guy take those snaps. It's like why? And I think that's kind of the mystery box versus boat stuff again. People think if you get you know this uh, this this new rookie, they're somehow going to be better than Robinson in the offense, unless it's like a first rounder, like a you know like a really talented one. Um, Robinson's talented. And Reed's offense is not easy to produce in because Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. is really talented. And, and so I don't see why people, I mean, this really, whether they keep Sammy or not, allows them to say, eh, we can maybe grab a wide receiver at some point if we want to. But seriously, watch out for McCole Hardman next year because I think yeah. I think he's going to do some stuff. I, and, and uh, I don't know. Go ahead, Nate. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I was, I, goodness, I literally, that was a polite interaction. I, it sure was. Well, so, <laughs> Seth, that's how professionals do it. Um, just in case you were ever wondering, I, I literally said, I think, wow. I don't know, some, at some point on 810 this week, hey, don't, don't talk to anybody about McCole Hardman because you're going to want to get him in fantasy and don't tell your friends. Like he, the, the second mm-hmm. year in the system thing, like I, I do think that this is usually a bit of a cop out or, or can be sort of lazy logic, you know, say, oh, well, he, he knows the system fits in the system, whatever. Andy Reid's offense has a track record of being really difficult to pick up in your first season of production. They couldn't have drafted someone to replace Demarcus Robinson for this season. It, it might have ended up being Byron Pringle, like because you need to have someone yeah. with some some confidence in that group. You can draft your Demarcus Robinson or even your Sammy Watkins replacement this year if you want, because you're you're assuming that they're both around for one more season at this point. You're you're onto something here, Josh. And, and I'm rubbing I'm, my I'm hands so like glad. an evil villain now. Yes, and so am I, my friend. Um, <laughs> yes, I wish I had a this cat. This this no, is where here, things. You. <laughs> I can pet this dog like an evil villain. It'll be great. Yeah, this is where things get interesting because we all know if you're uh, you know a, a well versed Chiefs fan, you know that the the tendencies of one Brett Veach. You also know that the Chiefs only have five draft picks this year as of right now. Yep. They could trade. Mm. And move down to get more picks, or they could move someone that Seth Kaiser loves dearly, who wears number 95 for more picks. But let's just say they keep the five picks. And I did this exercise earlier this week on The Athletic where because this class is so deep at receiver and because you don't know the long-term future of Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, despite both of them being on the roster today and most likely in 2020, you can't project what they're going to be in 2021, 22, 23. So it may be behoovement of you in the third round, which is what I sort of did in my you know initial mock draft. There's enough talent at the wide receiver position that maybe you can develop somebody over the course of multiple years that you take in the third mm-hmm. round. 
right. who can fit the system and who can thrive um, as Patrick Mahomes really enters like the, the, the deep part of his prime, um, which is even scarier to think about. So for me, I picked, I picked Van uh, Jefferson from the Florida Gators in the third round. Uh, really talented, extreme route runner based on what I saw on tape. But the reason he may fall to the third round just um, for some context reasons is he did not work out at the combine because he had a foot injury. And no, those can be tricky, but all indications are that he should be fine. And he kind of torched LSU's pretty good defense earlier this year mm-hmm. or last year in college um, in terms of the route running and things I saw beyond just the offensive line being a complete cluster in the second half and the quarterback yeah. running for his life. But when the ball got there, eh, Jefferson was pretty good. So, like, if you're a Chiefs fan and if you see the Chiefs, you know, either move back to take someone late in the second round with an additional pick or move up slightly in the mid to third round to take a receiver, I wouldn't be surprised because that would indicate what Jeff just said, which is the whole idea of, like, hey – you know the five receivers that are on the roster right now, with a little sprinkle of Garrick Dieter, you know, seeing where he is and basically where the 53-man roster may be um, moving forward. But after that, it gives you an idea that, like, it makes sense for, again, for DeMarcus to come back next year, play well again, maybe have a bigger market for yourself in free agency, and who the hell knows what happens with Sammy Watkins after 2020. Because I don't even know, um, beyond him just wanting to play with the team next year to be a part of the the title defense, I don't know. And again, I'm assuming the draft class would be uh, not as talented in 2021 as it is in 2020, so that may be a better chance for him to you know, opt out of a deal. But I, I don't know how it's going to work, but... The thing is, outside of Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman, you don't know who's going to be a receiver for the Chiefs in 2021, which is why you may draft somebody in the mid-round. Um, I very badly want to talk about your mock draft, Nate, because I had been thinking about, you know, doing, I mean, everyone's doing mock drafts right now. And now, now I am self-conscious because I am afraid that I might just copy your first three picks and then be like, wait, he just copied Nate's draft. No, this <laughs> this would be, this would, and I know we all overreact to drafts as it have. I understand completely. But your first pick, you have him getting Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU, at the end of round one. Then Bryce Hall, corner from Virginia in round two. Yeah. And then I mentioned Van Jefferson in round three. I would I would throw a small party. Not actually I wouldn't because I would be violating lots of social guidelines at the moment. I would be very <laughs> happy, you know, six feet away from anybody else if that was the first three, uh, the way the, those first three picks went for the Chiefs. Yeah. Now, now some people may say. Well, how in the world can they get Queen at 32? Um, now, I did this through the Draft Network's Draft Simulator. It's a really fun exercise. I would yeah. tell you to go have fun with it for like a couple hours just clicking through things and seeing like, oh, in this simulator, in this simulation, I should say, you know, this team takes what. But my understanding is, is that, and I believe this to be true, linebacker may not be that valuable to most teams in the first round because, A, your quarterback stinks. B, you have nobody to throw the football to. C, you have no one to protect the quarterback you already have. So, um, and cornerback has really gotten hot of late just because, hey, teams pass the ball a lot, which sort of makes that position a little bit more valuable than linebacker. Um, I think there's a chance that the board could fall this way. Um Hall is interesting to me just because there's a clear connection with him and Thornhill 
the sensational rookie last year for the Chiefs at the safety position. Uh, he is also versatile, much like Thornhill and Tyron Matthew are. So there's, you know, there there seems to be a really good fit there. Um, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes in the draft, somewhere in the second to third round range. So that so it makes sense that he may be there at 63. Um, but yeah, I think I think if the Chiefs were to do this wisely. I, I don't think they reach. I think they stay where they are or they move further back if they see guys that they like sort of trickle down just because, again, teams need quarterbacks. Somebody's got to run the football. Somebody's got to catch the football. Oh, my God, somebody's got to protect our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, you know, the, the way teams reach or the way teams, you know, respond to how other teams select in the draft is always fascinating. And I'm, I think, much more prepared for this year's draft than I even was uh, last year or two years ago. But, yeah, I think there's a chance for a mock draft similar to this to kind of work out um, as long as each team understands their board, has a good medical evaluations in the, you know, pandemic that we're living in and are still doing it wisely six to ten feet from one another um, you know, social distancing and, you know, not getting drunk at a brewery, which is what the New Orleans Saints hope to not do. <laughs> the Saints, if you don't know, are looking that they're going to be having their war room at a brewery, which is a pretty big sort of like swag move and maybe not a great health move. But, you know, I mean, the hold up, like Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> the first man who, who the first man that we know of that perhaps contracted the coronavirus yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um thank God he's recovering well. Like sure. we all want people to get healthy. I've seen Absolutely. too many folks lose their family members over this and it's heartbreaking. But it is it I mean my I mean my man Sean Payton is out here like, well, when's the draft? Okay, April twenty third. So if I if I just stay here Till then, yeah, let's go to a brewery. Like, let's let's have fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> let's have fun and do that. Like, it is like, I mean, all I want to know is just Sean seems like a good dude. Is <laughs> all I'm saying. But everybody stay healthy and like keep a distance. And you know, if you have a cough, like just self quarantine yourself or get it checked out. It's a very troubling time. But I mean. To be for the Saints to have the first person to contract the virus, and thankfully he's recovering well, to then also be the first team to be like, you know what, we're gonna set this bad boy up at a brewery is kind <laughs> of wild. Well, and it's also, I it's not like you kind of imply it's not a great plan to have access to that much alcohol when you're making million dollar decisions. <laughs> but, can, I, can I set a scene, can I set a scene a, for you here? Do you mind? I would love it if you did. <clears throat> I'm Roger Goodell on a Zoom call. The background is just a bunch of Jets fans booing me. I'm reading a card. I've just I've just gotten a text. I'm reading my phone as Roger Goodell. With the 24th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Taysom Hill again. This is nothing. You can't do this. What? And then it cuts a... Sh- it cuts to Sean Payton holding like a, a couple. Four, he's playing. He's playing Edward Forty Hands while they <laughs> sit there. Taysom Hill is gonna be a superstar. You guys just wait and see. What do you mean? What? No, you shut up. And it, it'd be great. That <laughs> like, Taysom Hill break. is gonna be thirty, Sean. You can't pick him. He's already on your <laughs> roster. Or 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 you know. 
uh, I hope no Viking fans are hearing this, but when oh, but yes. when it was like I can't remember what year it was, but they're like, do the the Vikings know they only got like thirty seconds to put this pick in, right? Yeah, that was so they, bad. They, yeah. they they know, guys, you're next. <laughs> like <Yeah>. guys, <laughs> like the was, next like, team <laughs> is just ready, like in a three point stance, getting ready to just <laughs> sprint to the podium. Just, I mean, no, I, I just think uh, now this is just me. I really don't think that you should even have, depending on people's level of tolerance, based on what I've seen, how people act sometimes with just two or three beers in their system. Right. Maybe you shouldn't even have that when you're making million-dollar decisions. Right. It's like, yeah, okay, we've all decided, right? Right. Then fast forward <laughs> to like an hour later before the pick actually comes. like, yeah, I'm thinking about this, and... <laughs> I, I think we should let it ride. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just like, you know, I just, do you really think Drew likes us? Like, <laughs> should we should we pick someone else? Like, people getting mad or just like, oh. you know, I just, I don't so, know. So the whole thing seems like a bad idea. So now you're telling me that Jordan Love has fallen to the 24th pick and Sean <laughs> risk it all, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, that's, and here's the other thing. Look. You know, I've been out of the that lifestyle for quite some time. <laughs> we all know every group of friends has at least that one dude, and usually more than one, let's be honest, that mm-hmm. should never, ever, ever, ever drink anything <laughs> at all. At all. And you we we know this, and here's the it's the whole, you know, the whole thing. Like if you didn't remember that, that that was you. You, you, if you didn't remember that dude, it was you. Your friends were like ready to stage an intervention for you, and it was bad. Just so you know, that that was you. But you know, there's got to be one of those guys. It's let's okay. NFL coaching, Nate has kind of pulled the curtain back here a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. not like there's not a fair oh, amount yeah. of bros in the coaching circles. They're going to cut. They're going to have dudes doing keg stands. It's absolutely going to happen. Oh, my God. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. If they can test people beforehand and maybe they've gotten valid. I'm here for this. I want to watch this. Yes. I want to see someone make a decision, get soused, and then make a <laughs> yes. terrible decision. Yes. I want to. I see it all the time in real life as a prosecutor, and it's just sad. Can I see it one time where it's amusing? <laughs> That's so, all I want. Two two things. So I know this is a Chiefs podcast. Okay, for 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 Chiefs fans wondering, what will my team do? Praying that it won't be at a local brewery. Uh, Andy no. Reid is not considered that. Uh, neither is Brown <laughs> no. <Beach>. no, no. <laughs> they have the 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 Spags one... would do it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna comment on that. I'm just gonna no. keep it moving. Sorry. Oh, no, so, I will. I will. I, yeah, Spags is absolutely doing film rooms with with like a clear pint glass, just per- a perfect amount of foam on top, and just sort of sipping through it. it. He's totally, he is totally collected. It's still just Spags, but he's just enjoying a barley pop. Okay, yeah. so the Chiefs are wondering about doing this at a hotel where people are in different rooms, just so I think they're like. <laughs> Just so I think that, they, like, the the implication I got from this, or what I implied from it or inferred, is that talking to Andy Reid today was, like, you know, Thanks hey, so. maybe we'd have everybody at a hotel so, like, we could all be focused. Because, like, 
I mean, we all remember that BBC video of my yes. guy doing a video. Like, oh, like yeah. if somebody, like if you had to I go to like so much, like if like if Brett Veach has to like go to Willie Davis, who's like an area scout in like the south southeast area, and they're like, "Hey, Willie, we're thinking about this kid from <laughs> insert blank school," but like Willie Davis is, I don't know, I don't, I mean, I don't know his family dynamic. Willie Davis was a former player who's now a scout. He may not have little kids, but but you get my point. Like, I don't know, yes. a dog yeah. runs through and like you know destroy something, or like you you're just not as focused, or you know yeah. Mike Mike Kafka's kid like rolls through and like I think we should take you know whatever. So <laughs> yeah, no, shh, shh, shh. yeah. <laughs> so I know that there were some people out there that were like, why would they go to a hotel when you know like health concerns and like you know staying at your home and these are all valid points. But I think the understanding was like if we're all at a hotel and it's just us. Maybe we just get a little. Maybe we're just a little more focused, and we have better synergy in terms of like communication than we would on like a Zoom call with like kids doing whatever in the background, or you know, if your wife needs something, or, or vice versa. Like who who knows? But like that's what I implied in all. That's what I understood in all that I should say. And then secondly, again, this is a Chiefs podcast. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit more on 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 the NFL coaching situation that that uh that is not happening in Kansas City from my understanding. All right, y'all. One team to watch this year. The Carolina Panthers. It could get bat you know what crazy out there <laughs> because Cam Newton was the MVP like 4 years ago. They let him walk even though like he's going to be healthy. Um I'm praying for Teddy Bridgewater because it's new ownership, which is always a little wonky, and it's a college coach who hired a lot of other college coaches. <laughs> and the activities I saw at the combine were unbecoming. <laughs> were unbecoming. Oh my god. So if the, so if the Carolina am- Panthers are like, hey, maybe we should help out a local business like the Saints are at their brewery, maybe we should get down at the brewery. Just know that I I peeped you up on this beforehand. And <laughs> if the Carolina Panthers go 4 and 12 next season, I will not be surprised. Oh, that is excellent. <laughs> that oh, that's so And good. by the way, the Chiefs I, are playing the, uh, the Carolina Panthers later this season if we even have a season. Yeah. I man, I'm just so grateful for all of this. I'm so ha- grateful to the NFL. That's just just a side note. <laughs> this is the stuff that we need to be thinking about. Right? Well, not that we need. This is the stuff that we enjoy thinking yeah, about right, right now. Because yeah. I can't, man. Guys, uh, take away all the NFL news and then think about what Twitter looks like. Yeah, it's right just now. Animal Crossing oh, and it, Nightmares. That's it. Oh, it's just, it's a horror show. And I just, look, I get it. Yeah, take stuff seriously, whatever. I get that, okay? <laughs> Hold on, you, time you, out, time <laughs> out. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Or whatever. No, no. you, Seth, listen, I, I know what you're doing. You are legally not doing? allowed to say, you know, take stuff seriously or whatever. You can't, that sentence doesn't work, Seth. Okay. It look if if people aren't taking stuff seriously, you just can't say they it's me like, saying I'm sorry, or I'm not whatever. Going to apologize. That's that's a, is that, oxymoron. Is that is this the moment? Is this no. the moment here no, where, where we're gonna have that moment that. where it's like you think someone's listening to the show right now? It's like man, I was gonna take it seriously. No. But I heard Seth no. say or whatever. No, no I'm, not, I'm, even, I'm not even go... giving you a level of seriousness. <laughs> I'm saying you are not allowed to say in any context. Take it seriously or whatever. If you were advising a client and they were like, yeah, yeah, I'll take this seriously or whatever, you would grab them by their shirt collar as they walked away and pulled them back in and you would say, excuse me? 
You're going to what? <laughs> with a colloquialism. Take it seriously or whatever, or whatever else you mean in terms of serious. Whatever else that you would replace the word serious with. And do that. So whatever person that just is listening to this right now and is on a jog and hearing me say or whatever started immediately licking strangers' faces, (laughs) stop it. Okay? That's not what I meant. Okay? So just in case, whoever you are, also, that is not a proportionate response. Yeah, also stop doing bath salts. That's so 2000 and late. Hey, there's a a Black Eyed Peas reference. That was from, that's a callback. (laughs) Yes. And so, but I just, I, the draft, I'm so here for this online draft. I'm so here for it. And the NFL, I, they have a chance here. And I think this is such a big part of it. They realize like, wait a minute, guys, I think we can do all this online. And there is nothing competing with us right now. And people are starved for entertainment. Last year, like whatever millions of people watched the draft. This year, they're going to be like, Man, we we're gonna hit Super Bowl numbers this year. Like, man, we're gonna start. My wife's gonna oh, be this... caring about the third string linebacker that you yes. know so and so team yes. is getting off the off the third round pick. I, I mean, yeah, the, everyone's going to care because no one else has no one has anything else to do. This is this is an opportunity, and I'm just I'm so happy that they you know I'm glad they're taking precautions, but are doing like remote working from home type stuff and keeping things going because it just. Man, and then I'm also, just on a side note, and this is totally selfish, I am so glad that this all happened after the Super Bowl. Because imagine if this had happened like the week before the Super it Bowl. It would have been Guys, so crushing. Yeah, it would have been terrible. I, I would have been so devastated. Like, no one would have heard from me. It'd been like, oh, what happened to Seth? You remember that real Emin Chiefs fan guy? Like, he, he blogged for a while, and he worked for the athlete. would be like, nah, that, that dude's account is deleted. And we're pretty sure that he's like wandering the earth like Ron Burgundy in the final act of Anchorman, just with a beard and drinking spoiled milk, just doing nothing, eating dog poop. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's wow. what Ron Burgundy does in the final act. Wait. <laughs> so anyway, I'm grateful is what I'm saying. Be grateful for the small stuff. I'm, you know what, Seth? I'm grateful or whatever. <laughs> exactly. See, I understood that. You're grateful, or whatever. That that those were our vows, for better, for worse, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. That was that, those were the first words before before we recorded the first episode of this podcast. We all recited to each other in a blood oath, and again now a blood oath seems like a really bad idea now, but that was pre coronavirus, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we had no idea. It was always a bad idea, just to nice. be clear. Yeah, it's kind of funny. My my wife is kind of a uh, a bit of a germaphobe. And so, like, every time we went to Arrowhead Stadium, she could not not comment. She's like, man, there are 70,000 people just screaming their germs all over us right now. Mm-hmm. And so, everyone in the world is now just living my wife's life. Where she would, like, I would, oh, you know, God, like, I'd be high-fiving people. Living your like, wife's life, oh, being married stop to it. you. Hey, oh my god! You used up your jokes with the caramel thing last week. I'm still pretty <laughs> upset about that. By the way, um, so but I mean, like, I would be like high fiving people on my way out, and she was just disgusted with me. That's just that's like no, that's normal though. Yeah, that's how we got five kids. She's so disgusted by me. <laughs> no, and so gross. we like. All right. Well, the good news is now I'm disgusted by you. Okay, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, so that's just something interesting to think about because now I can't help myself when I watch like like the big party they had at the Power and Light District, you know, and like I see all these people jammed together. I'm like, are people ever going to be comfortable doing that again? Because like, it's I mean, weird. I would assume so. But I, it's just an interesting thought. Like, what are people going to do? Let's say everything goes about as well as you can reasonably hope or forecast. And, you know, we've testing stuff has gone well, whatever. We get to the NF or whatever. Man, what is wrong with me? No. Anyway, so imagine we come to September. We're ready for games to start. They're able to actually do it on time because things have gone well. Do people go? I mean, I think they will. People will go to football games and like Chiefs fans will fill the stadium. But I, I wondered, I mean, I, I do think we're going to have a fundamentally different looking social landscape. Like maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I definitely, I, I've definitely derailed this. I, this has nothing to do with Chris Jones. Literally it's nothing. just a thought of mine. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got well, to I'm, share it. <laughs> do you want to talk about Chris Jones? Do you want to, would you like I, to do that? I would love to talk about Chris Jones. If okay, you hold on. Let me, let me, is a bad run to, f- let me, sorry, let me, I'm sorry to get to start you going and then stop you, but let me, I'm going to tell people this. If you want to get the rest of Nate's draft picks in the five round mock, and if you want to get the specifics on Chris Jones, also a uh, Frank Clark article went up literally while we were doing the show today that mm-hmm. I have not even looked at. I don't know if we're going to have time for the or not. closer, the closer. Here's what you can do. You can go read it at the athletic and get all the details in the written form. And if you don't have that already, you can get 40% off for your first year at theathletic.com slash timesars. It's like three bucks a month uh, if you sign up at the promo code theathletic.com slash timesars. So that's for the stuff we missed. Now we've covered everything. Now, Seth, you may go now. All right. I have terrible news for you. If you think that Chris Jones is a bad run defender, you've probably been led astray. Now, if on the other hand, you're someone who's charted every snap that he's taken as a run defender and you found some legitimate concerns, I would love to have a conversation with you about it. If you haven't, and I, man, this this comes across as being like some kind of, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. Passionate and I've had people Seth tell me this. In. I've in had people in. tell me this, like where it's like, well, it just seems kind of arrogant that you think you just know so much more than me. I've had someone say that to me with regards to like, say like, let's say Chris Jones' run defense. It's like, is it arrogance to say that I've done X to obtain information Y and you have not? Therefore, your opinion doesn't really matter to me. It's kind of like when non-lawyers tell me what they think of the law. I, this happened to me yesterday. Someone's like telling me, well, I have power over attorney over my mother so I can put her into a home. It's like, if you don't have a guardianship, no, you can't. This is Minnesota. Well, I'm pretty sure I can. No, you can't. Well, what makes you think you know? Well, I don't know. Maybe the years of law school and practicing law. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I think I'd know more. And it's not because I think I'm like this football guru because I am not. So many people know way more about football than me. I just put in the time. It takes hours and hours, at least for me, to chart snaps. And if you haven't done it, you don't know. And so for those of you who maybe maybe pro football focus is your like, this is all I need to look at. Well, they think Jones is a well above average run defender and too high quality. That's where his grades have varied for them at the very high end of above average or at the low end of high quality for run defense. So if you want to look at other stuff with Chris Jones in terms of salary cap, all that stuff, just, just know that one thing. You've been swindled. You've been bamboozled. You've been kerfuffled. Gadzooks. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't I don't so, I don't know 
why 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 this happens to me mostly is because it's the only show that I watch that involves the uh, the law. But like when you get like this, Seth, all it reminds me of is Better Call Saul and why I love both. <laughs> oh, you they, and that you show. You want it? I will just tell you, Better Call Saul gets uh, attorney client conversations, especially in the first season when he's dealing with those crazy people that like swindled <laughs> the government out of money and are like pretending. It's like, well, you're treating him like he's guilty. It's like I know he's guilty. <laughs> that was the most accurate. I talked to a bunch of attorneys about that. It was like, that is so real. It's like, well, we're not going to take that deal. We came to you because we're told that you win. And as she sits there and tries to breathe and she's like, we do get the best results possible for our clients on a case-by-case situation. However, in your situation, and it's like, well, well, that that would mean that would mean admitting guilt. It's like you yeah. literally, you know, I know, you know, I know that you did it. Like, you know that, right? I have had this conversation. I have looked a client in the eye and said, you know I know you did this, right? You know I know you're guilty, right? Because I'm not saying I won't defend you, but we need to come up with something besides, oh, it wasn't me. Because that, no one buys it. No one believes it. And Better Call Saul just crushes. I got so frustrated during that scene. I had to pause it and take a walk. I was like, oh, I mean... And you do the same thing with people who think Chris Jones isn't a star football player. It, I mean, it's impeccable, oh the parallels. Uh, it is. And again, there's so many people who know so much more than me about football. But this is just this is just like basic. Man, ask some of Chris's teammates about him. Ask some offensive linemen who have played him if they think he's bad against the run. Now, will they be like, yeah, he freelances sometimes? Absolutely. How often does it hurt the team? Like maybe once a game? maybe <laughs> also I, that, I, I don't like, listen I'm an oh. expert on this I will say Seth so Aaron Donald's never freelanced so you should oh, yeah. that more often. yeah never, well and then plus when you got never. someone telling me like oh well you know on this play you know he was supposed to do such and such it's like you don't know that you don't know that I don't care who you are you don't know exactly what he was supposed to do on that play now you can make a really educated guess depending on who you are but when you got like like a, a great follow on Twitter uh, uh Mike Tice's son Nate Tice great coaching follow when you've got that dude who was raised by an NFL coach who just when he and some of these other X's and O guys like Chris Brown start talking football I'm like guys you gotta explain this to me like I'm five what are we doing here Mm -hmm. like I don't know what you're talking about but like he's just like ah this is what it looks like to me but I can't be sure that should tell you like when Tony Romo misidentifies cover six on Bashad Breland's pick against New England he's like oh he just got burned in man coverage that should tell you when you're saying oh I know exactly what his assignment was no you don't you don't know, and neither do I. And so it, it, just chill a little bit. My my lifelong goal is to get Chris Jones to give me a comment on that issue. And I am going to pick at him and pick at him until I get that quote. Be like, Chris, what, what, do, you, what do you think of that? What do you think of people saying that? Do you have a response? And I'm going to get that one of these days, guys. Mark my words. It's your life goal? Is that what you said? That feels... <laughs> I've accomplished everything else. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I, I've, I, I'm at the top of the mountain, Josh, and nothing's here. So now it's just <laughs> oh, aimlessly God. searching. Oh, that's so It's dark. just aimless, 
aimlessly searching so that oh. this terrible search can be over. Oh, that made me legitimately sad. All right, well, here's all distract everybody with that. Here's a discount again. Theathletic.com slash timezars. If you want to see uh, Seth's write-ups of games you still should be watching while NFL Game Pass is free, games in more recent now Chiefs history, that's up right now. So fun. You can look at the so rest fun. of Nate's mock draft. You can read the rest of what Seth wrote about Chris Jones. Frank Clark article, I don't even know if it's good or not. You know, it's up. I, I can't I can't personally verify it. It's probably fine. Is it good? Hey, Seth, is it good? My opinion of that article is higher than Tyron Matthews' opinion of Ty Hill's Madden composure. Ooh. How's that? Uh, um, so not very... Are we going to talk about that? Are we going to talk about how they're, the 30 for 30, like the first 10 minutes is just how good it got, and then the next 15 minutes is Tyreek Hill just absolutely curb something Tyrod Matthew and Madden and that falling, make the whole team fall apart? Having a whole falling out. I'm sure that'll get solved. My favorite part the whole thing, though, is like Tyrod Matthew, maybe he's just playing it up. I think he's a prideful guy. And he's an emotional guy, so he'll say things. I guarantee you, him and Ty Hill will both be like, "Ah, we're good." You know, they'll both say things in the moment. Yeah, my favorite thing playing it up does not include a tweet getting deleted soon after sending it. Yes, that one. Yeah, that's a solid point. He was mad. No mistake. So for those who don't have context, Ty Hill, yeah, he just destroyed Matthew at Madden. It was all funny games, but then he felt like Hill was kind of showboating and stuff. Can I read you the tweet? Can I read? Can I, do you yes. mind if I read you the tweet that got deleted? Uh, Tyreek Hill tweeted, my game just crashed. And then Tyron Matthew quote tweeted that with, yeah, I turned thy bleep off. That bleep was lame. You did last, that, what you did last, I'm sorry. I'm reading an edited version of it with poop emojis covering all of the curse words. So it's a little bit distracting. Yeah, sure. I turned thy bleep off. That bleep was lame. You did last play. Bleep just a video game. That bleep was disrespectful, but I played you multiple times in person and you ain't never do that. Funny what people do when they get an audience. Which, okay. I'm sure they'll work that out. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But I also was a little tense, you know, a little tense. Yeah, yeah, Matthew meant that. And (laughs) Hill's a guy, he'll he'll showboat. But my favorite is all this stuff. And then you got Pat Mahomes Mm -hmm. tagging Tyron. Just like, hey, you okay? (laughs) Yep. And it's such an alpha dog move by Pat. It's like, man, I'm QB1. I'm the Super Bowl MVP. I'm going to say whatever I want. And he just pokes the bear. And I just think that's great. Now, again, we've all, everyone who's played Madden, if you have never gotten into a legitimate, like, not maybe physical fight, maybe a physical fight, some but con- like... Some controllers a- have had to been thrown. Yeah. Some, yeah. some controllers getting whipped, some genuine, like, you didn't talk to your buddy for a day or two. You haven't played that much Madden if you've never done that. Because we've all done that. I have become so enraged. There's nothing like losing at Madden, really, in terms of... It's like talking to clients who don't get it, basically. It's it's that level of rage. And so, people, I'm sure it'll be fine. Probably. <laughs> Either that or this is the beginning of the end. It could be the of beginning Madden. of the end. This, this might uh, be it. Uh, well, on that note, it's the end of the end of this podcast. Um, I think I covered everything that I want to make sure people go and uh, and check out. But uh, if I haven't, one of you guys can say so. Otherwise, I'm just going to wait for Nate to say something funny. <laughs> Man, in these times, uh, I would just like to remind you. 
<laughs> that uh, NFL teams may be drafting players at a brewery. That's that's all I want. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to remind you of, <laughs> that the Chiefs probably won't be one of them. Um, but yeah, I just 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 remember that as you are maybe sitting at home listening to us. God bless you. Um, Tammy Reed is not trying to bother Andy Reed grinding through more tape in the, in the basement of the house. <laughs> 